Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we still may struggle in our intimate relationships? Yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational practices and support from trusted allies. My husband and I have a wonderful marriage, but we're not necessarily the best relationship teachers. In episode 315, I brought on the founders of the Relationship School, Jason and Ellen. They live and breathe all things relational boundaries, conflict, owning your needs, attachment styles, and so much more. If you want to learn how to work through conflict better and communicate better, Jason is offering 50% off his Indestructible Partnerships course. Thousands of people have changed their relationships for the better with this course. Go to relationshipschool slash Laura and use the coupon code Laura to get 50% off this life-changing course. Now back to the podcast. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A where you ask the questions and we answer. I am joined as always by my lovely co-host, Kristen Williams, physical therapist, lit senior teacher extraordinaire. Hi, Kristen. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. We'll hop right in. right in. Yeah. All right. So I got uh, a DM from Carol Bone. Uh, this is such a great question because I just got back from vacation last month where I was doing this very thing. And I was like, oh, this is a great one. Uh, she says, is it okay to do yoga on carpet, doing some travel and don't have a great workout space? Could it hurt my wrist and handstand? And I will definitely say that having taught and practiced, I didn't have a space that wasn't carpeted where I was. And that's where I felt it was in my wrists. And more so when I did the inversions, what you have to remember with carpet is it's going to put you into more, most of the time, more wrist extension because there's that pliability, that softness to it. Now, does that mean don't do yoga because you can only do it on carpet? Absolutely not. But you might need to modify. So there were times where if I knew whatever I was teaching or whatever I wanted to do, I wanted to get on my hands more, then I would do plank on fists just to protect so I wasn't doing it as much. Yes, I would try to push into my fingertips more, try to get some weight out of the heel of the hand, things like that. 
But the bottom line is you're on a less stable surface. It's going to happen. It's gravity. So when you know that's going to be the case, and it's not something that you're doing all the time, you can modify, you can do less handstands, you can, or do like what I did, which was I would do fists for my planks and maybe just fingertips down for even like twisted crescent because I love to get on my hands and I wanted to protect them by not overweight bearing. What about you? What do you do when you're in that situation, Laura? Yeah, I mean, I've traveled so much and had a variety of ground surfaces. And even when choosing yoga retreats, when I would visit places, the first thing I would ask is I'd like to look at the room because I knew that we would be in a yoga retreat for a week doing several hours a day. And even though it's a week, to your point, Kim, it's a week, but you know, if you continue with your regular practice, you could kind of at least make it feel achy. You know, I, I doubt you would seriously injure it, but it, it would definitely get it or, or could get it achy uh, depending on the surface. So in my case, a lot of the retreat places were tile or very hard wood, which has a different, because both of those you're losing energy, you know, what, like whether it's carpet or wood, like what Kristen said is, Carpet just kind of squishes it down and then disperses it, but it also can compress your wrist a little more since you are in a little bit more extension usually. Hard wood, you might not feel it right away. You might feel it after a few days, but uh, because there's very little ground reaction force kind of spring back for tile or really, really hard wood, it's getting lost a lot into the uh, pressure on your wrist. You usually can get up in handstands easier because it's like, ving, it just zings you right up because there isn't this like, down energy into the floor. It just kind of immediately just blocks that. So you just can lift right up. Carpet is interesting. Fluffy carpet, anything that's too super plush would be, I think, probably worse than tile because it's kind of like running on sand. It's just, there's so many other elements that come into play, including the soft tissue structures and all that. Like you, So it was really smart of you to protect your wrist. If it's like a Berber carpet, I don't find that to be bad at all. In fact, my first little home studio was a Berber carpet just because that's, it was over concrete and we just were, it was my Mark and I used it together and it was firm, like almost like hardwood, but it had a little bit of that carpet. And I actually learned how to handstand on that. And in some ways, the people I was teaching, I think handstanding on that made them feel safer because it was like, oh, I'm just on carpet. Even though it was a very, it was, you know, again, a Berber carpet, not, not plush at all. So I would just, yeah, I, I pay attention like you, Kristen, to all those things. Where I walk, you know, what kind of surface it is. We have to think about this because that weight bearing on our wrist, on our feet, it does play out in, in the surfaces that we're on. So enjoy your vacation. And, you know, you're not going to lose much in a, in a week if you, if you don't do a lot of handstands. Go outside on the grass and do it or something. Great question. All right, me next. Let's think. Next question is... Well, this is a handstand question. It's about piking. Yoga with Magdalena asks, tips for jumping into a tuck or pike. I can't overcome the fear of crashing my face. That is really hard to overcome that fear. Now, the way I did it, and this is like, (laughs) like... This is my thing. I'm like, I know Laura says don't use the wall. Is what I always no for 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 piking. I think using the wall is a great idea. It's a great idea because you know you can get close enough to it and you can really think about 
getting your butt to the wall and diving down into your hands. And then there's a less fear because because of the wall being there, you're going to go down into your hands versus shifting forward. What I see people do is they'll go too far forward, their shoulders go past their wrists, and then they collapse because of that. The other thing, so that would be my first thing, go towards the wall, try to hit your butt to the wall. I've also used, um, and I, I think I might have stolen this from you, Laura, I can't remember, putting a yoga strap around your triceps to help keep your arms straight and strong. Whether, now, could you probably break through it? Maybe, but... That'd be pretty tough. You'd have to be really strong. <laughs> I'm just like slid down, but, you know, to give yourself that brace, because a lot of times, yes, you're strong enough. If you can do a handstand, you're strong enough for your arms not to collapse. But there is the fear factor because you're pushing off two feet. It's quicker. It's more of a dive down. But if you know that your arms are straight and solid, I've used that too with people. And then the final thing is doing it with a spot. There's some. There's the thing about knowing someone's going to catch you, knowing someone can catch you at your pelvis and give you the lift and not let you go down. Those are my three ways. So on your own would be first thing against the wall. So you know the wall will catch you, for lack of a better term. The second thing would be using the strap around your triceps just to give you that little crutch of comfort knowing that your arms won't give out. Uh, And then the third thing would be using a spot. Like I think the spots are great. What about you? Oh, spots are great. I mean, using the wall is great in this way because it it what it's doing is really giving you an your brain an idea of how far your pelvis has to move. So I would say the first thing about jumping into pike is man, you got to take your time. Don't rush it because then I think the rushing will create the fear because when you rush and your body and the mechanics are not ready, that's when you get these kind of ripple effects of like arching your back and your feet might fling over or you lose the control. But if you can be, and it's not sexy and it's not necessarily fun, but if you can be consistent and just jumping and catching air and then coming down, and not trying, you know, and maybe that's what you're referring to. And so that's great. If you're referring to just trying to catch that, do it over and over again with the tools like Kristen was saying. You can get a, a friend, a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever. Uh, do like a little, like like you're, you're not, not even, they, they don't even have to learn how to spot you, but if they can get a little bit past where your um, pelvis is going to end up. So imagine where your fingers are. And they're standing a couple inches away from that. And then you put your hand, their, their hands would be out and you just want them to boop, bop up against your hand and then you would go back. So they're like basically serving what the wall would do, but they, there can be a little bit more, you know, kind of fine tuning of that. Like, oh, you need to be a little closer. Okay, well, just hold your hands there. And then they can maybe even try and catch you. But this, you know, for, for somebody who's not used to catching your pelvis, just being there, for your fear, mm-hmm. because like you said, a lot of it is we think, oh my gosh, my head's, I'm just going to fall on my face. I'm going to flip over. And I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I haven't seen that happen. I haven't seen anybody fall into their face. I haven't seen anybody lift up enough that they flip over. I've seen people kind of ricochet and like have to do like a cartwheel or something. Even that is is pretty rare because it takes a lot to get the pelvis over enough that you even could move into some like other the out of flexion of your hips. I mean, it's just it's always farther it, than you think. 
And if you can trust that it's a your hip flexion um, is going to help you not kind of flip over. Now, the other thing I would think about if you're really scared, and I did this with a private, and you know everybody's different. Like it helped her tremendously. She had a big fear about hiking. She had a lot of the strength, and she could hold her legs pretty straight. So I will say right away that helps. If you don't have that ability, this might not work as well. But really thinking of your feet like kind of like a duck, you know, how they, when a duck lands, if you've ever watched them on water, they don't just land, they really slow down. They pull their little, their little web feet back and that slows them down so they can land on the water. So if you pike and kind of pull into dorsiflexion, you are automatically, de- you're decelerating the pelvis over the wrist. And when I just made that analogy one time to her, it just landed and she could practice that and feel like, oh, the back end of me is controlled. And a lot of it too is you're actually just controlling that by having the ankle dorsiflex because so it's not just all flingy. But um, that might be another thing to think about is how you get your pelvis up with a good push off, but then you're controlling the pelvis going too far or your perception of too far by having the feet a little bit more dorsiflex. So those are some tips. Great question. Because I know a lot of people probably have that question too. Yeah. And don't let you get don't get your head in the way. That's my final thing. Yeah. People bend, they're preparing to pike, and then they want to look. They like, if I look up, I'll know where I'm falling <laughs> or something. It's it's just an automatic thing. So look at your thighs, look at your legs. Don't pick up your head or look right at first practice that way, and then maybe look right underneath you know, in line with your, your thumb or something, but lifting your chin, you're going to be, your neck then becomes your brake pad. And that's just not a good place to be. All right. Let's see. We have got a question from yoga and a lit, um, I think in that, which will also land with a lot of people. Uh, she will be having major abdominal surgery soon and wants to keep going with her lit practice as much as possible. Any tips? especially for the reset abdominal work, really want to keep building strength again, ASAP. What do you say to that? I know a lot of people, whether it's having a baby, having abdominal surgery, this is a big, big question with, especially our reset, because everyone always thinks of the abs because the ab work is so hard, but they want to, to, to do something. Well, I think after abdominal surgery of any kind, after you get the clearance from your doctor, because usually after like, I had a inguinal hernia and it was similar enough in the cutting of the layers that he said it was kind of like C-section, but not as dramatic. But I mean, it was deep because the mesh repair had to go in there. And so the recovery was, you know, for six weeks, I couldn't lift anything, like anything over five pounds. I couldn't lift Jonah. He was, you know, 12 pounds, like Mark would have to bring him to me. So after you get that clearance, um, coming into the surgery, first of all, Anna, being in shape is you are already ahead. Like this isn't going to set you back as much as you might think if you come in strong. What it's going to do is it's going to pause and then you're going to have to kind of recalibrate, but your brain and your awareness, all of that is still there. So you're just going to add on some things that are going to help it, which is like vision. I can't say enough how much looking at the area you know, where the surgical incision is and the surrounding muscles. With that, there's nerves that are cut. That includes all the things that give you the proprioceptive feedback. They'll come back too, but using your vision. So I would do, I would lift up a little bit 
you know, barely lift my head up and just look down there. And I'd be like laser sharp, like turn on people, (laughs) you know, and that communication is, it's real. Vision is a part of it. Also start to think of the mapping of that area. So as you look at it, you're, you're actually, when you look at it and think of it, that area of the brain begins to light up. So even if the innervation is not quite there or the activation isn't as full, you're doing the work to get it. And then just work a lot in isometrics, stabilization. So you're not going to be doing big um, movement that's pulling on the abdominal wall. But if you've got clearance to return to movement practices, just do a lot of the reset stuff and focus on slowing things down, doing stuff in quadruped and feeling like becoming more and more aware of around that area. And I know this sounds kind of hokey, but also really loving it. You know, this has been an area that is slightly disconnected, but is still there. So it's kind of like a, a friend you're trying to bring into the circle. So just like keep encouraging, like, oh, okay, you're coming back. I see you there, you know? Like I would talk to my abdominals um, a lot after my babies were born and I looked down and I kind of laugh at how they would just quiver, you know, at first because it was just um, so dialed down, especially after pregnancy. But it will, it will return. And I think more than anything, I think being in shape, this is why being in shape before surgery, it's kind of like being in shape before you grow old. Don't wait to grow old and then get in shape. You've got a lot of things to catch up with. But if you come into surgery and you're in good shape, um, your your recovery will be much better. No, I, Any add-ons to that? Yeah. No, I think that um, it's kind of like riding a bike. Like you said, you know, you, you, you're, she's got the brain map already because she is in such good tune with her body. It, that is going to be a challenge and expect that too. I think if you go in with realistic expectations, knowing, okay, they just cut my abdomen. You know, I, there is, it's like a roadblock. So your brain's going to be saying, Hey, work. And it's like, wait, not getting the signal. Be patient. Uh, I love your visual cue. Look, use your hands, you know, bringing your hands yes. to that area. I mean, manual cueing is big just to help knit the space in. And then, I love the isometric, you know, you want to keep it steady, especially in those earlier stages. Um, And, you know, you can start moving, do the stuff that you know really well, just some pelvic tilting and, you know, anterior, posterior pelvic tilt, just to, again, awaken those pathways. And before you know it, because you're in such good shape, and I would recommend sticking with it right up until surgery, sticking with your reset, sticking with your lit as best you can, that's what we do with, with any type of athlete. Anybody who's a big athlete, when they go, they blow out their knee. They do usually a crap ton of prehab before they even have surgery, especially, I mean, unless it's something dramatic where they have to go right in because studies have shown the better shape you are before you go in, it's, it's that riding a bike. It's going to come back quicker because a lot of it is brain mapping. I just get the little, the little, uh, a little hiccup. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And it's like, I think what you said is great. Like mentally prepare, like you're in it. You're in this conditioning beforehand. And then after you're going to have a pause and that conditioning is going to put on pause and then you'll get the, you know, the, the go, the, the green flag from the doctor. And then just like rev up, do the gears slowly. It'll yeah. come back quicker 
for you than for other people, but still be patient with it. And yeah, use your hands. Come on, that's great feedback. I forgot about that. Really use the hands. And it, that that triggered something for me because a memory, because I really wish I had done a little bit more mo- uh, scar mobility for my inguinal hernia. I think I was just, I mean, I had a newborn, I had a toddler. I just was like, let's just get through the day here. But when you were able to mobilize that scar, it is so important because the scar tissue is needed, right? Like you have to have scarring so that you are pulled back together. But a scar is the collagen links are different than regular collagen laying down. So there's cross-linking and that kind of pulls it together like a pucker. But it can pull some of the underlying fascia and that can also impact sometimes just the openness there, like the pull of the fascia there, but it could, that could then impact your movement. So always check in with a doctor or physio that, that knows exactly your case, but scar tissue mobilization, especially in the abdominal area, is so important. Um, they've shown studies where like a tiny little C-section scar had like this ripple effect into the fascia all the way up to the head and down to the feet. And it was just tiny. So it, it does impact it because somewhere else will take on that tension. And so try and do that as well. That would be my other add-on. Great. And good luck. We're pulling for you. Anybody that's post-surgery. You know, on that, I'll also say my mom just had total knee replacement. She's recovering. She's on day four. Wow. Well, she went to the PT on day three, outpatient. Okay. That means she went up five steps and down five steps. I said, How was your range of motion? She said, Oh, he said it was real. He couldn't believe how great it was. I mean, she says like 90 degrees already, day three. And her bone, like the doctor said, her bone, her knee was in bad shape. Like it's so good she did it. But she was in relatively good shape. She was doing exercises. My brother and I had given her. She was walking. And again, it'll show like total knee replacement is a biatch. It's so tough. It's hard, hard, hard. Worse than I think any, maybe shoulder joint, but definitely worse than hip. And she already is a lot better off in terms of her mobility because of that preconditioning. It's so important. It matters. It does. All right. We're pulling for you guys. If you ever want to leave us a message, a question, you know where to find us, lara.hyman, kbwilliams99. You can always also write at support at lityoga.com. But we are pulling for you. I love you, KB. Love you too. Bye, everybody. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.